Hills Podcast, Hills Podcast, gonna get you! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the newest Power Team Studios podcast, Hells Podcast, The Ramsey Report. Hells Podcast, it's Hells Podcast, burning in hell! <laughs> uh, with your hosts, uh, Christine Chivet. And Nick, he him, burning in hell! Please talk that way the entire time. That would hurt. We don't want to blow out your ears like you're burning in hell and your ears are being blown out. <laughs> that's that's the mood of this show, basically. Yeah. Everybody. Uh, yes, welcome. Welcome to hell. <laughs> this is a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, did you already introduce us? I don't know. Yes, I, I introduced me. I think... Say your name and stuff. You probably already did. I'm Nick Perez. He, him, and hell. Yes. Okay. I'm t- that's done. That's All right. It. It's <laughs> over. We promise. Yeah. Um, welcome to the Ramsey Report. We're so excited to have you. Uh, this is the second offering of Power Team Studios. We'll debut another one next week. Uh, that will be the Power Team Trivia Podcast. Uh, which we're very excited about. So excited! The flagship, the flagship of Power Team Studios. If you're, if you like trivia, if you like game shows, please tune into that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and our first uh, podcast is uh, was and is Crumb Shoes, the Crime Scene Kitchen podcast. It's a tribute recap show of Crime Scene Kitchen, which is an awesome baking reality show. Um, uh, we do recaps we do interviews um it's a great show if that's at all interesting to you that's a show on hulu and we cover it all uh but today and every week going forward because this man's put out a lot of content yeah gordon ramsay's only job is to just make shows for fox yeah that's all he does i don't even know if he knows how to cook food anymore i'm not sure does he cook i mean he is a professional tv star but he also has like 10 bazillion michelin star restaurants yeah uh so i think my understanding is he has the world record for michelin stars Wow. Uh, and that's saying something, because most chefs aspire to get one Michelin star in their life. Oh, uh, wow. So the fact that he has them all over the world uh, is is incredible. Gordon Ramsay is from Scotland, mm-hmm. uh, and he's a chef with a ton of restaurants, and probably about, what, 20 years ago, he started making television as well. Yes. And doing television in his home country, and now he does it just all the television here. He's the, always got at least one, oh, at least one show, if not two or three, going on. At the yeah, same time. I think so right we're now, off on the ladder. I think right now he has three or four shows going. I think so you're right. Just a few shows that you may have heard of: Kitchen Nightmares, Hotel Hell, which we're covering today, Hell's Kitchen, um, Twenty Four Hours to Hell and Back, Twenty Four Hours to Hell and Back. Hell is a theme here. If you didn't get that, Next Level Chef, Next Level Chef, Master Chef, Master Chef Junior. Uh, he has a new one. What was it? Star Food Stars. Food Stars. I think that's it. We haven't checked that one out yet. We'll yeah, we should. We should watch that. He did Kitchen Nightmares in the UK as well, mm-hmm. um, which is under Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. I think that sounds right. Yeah. Um, we're missing stuff. There's more than that. There's so much, y'all. I think Undiscovered uh, is a newer one that's on Disney Plus or National Geographic or something. Jeez. Yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah, like I don't. If he sleeps, there's a cameraman on him somewhere. Oh, probably. Like, I, 
I don't know how he has the time to do it. I don't either. But he does it, and we love his television shows. Yeah, they're extremely compelling. They're compelling. They're not perfect. They're not perfect. They are sometimes problematic. Yes. And we, and will, we will address that. We will address that. Uh, they're, um, uh, uh, well, a lot of reality shows where he goes and, like, rehabilitates restaurants, uh, there's some terrible people out there horrible people that start restaurants yeah like uh we were talking about there's a tone shift for us from crumb shoes where we talk about the people on crime scene kitchen who by and large we think are wonderful human beings um to this where we will be talking about some really truly terrible people yeah and because of that you may be used to hearing us on crumb shoes we try our best to keep a really positive tone on that show because, and as we talk about there, it's, you can't like judge someone based on what they do under the lights of a competition reality show in a very short period of time with a very unique pressure on them. Mm. However, in a lot of these shows, we're seeing, we may be seeing a short period of time, but we are seeing laid out clearly patterns of behavior yeah. um, for people on how they treat the people around them. That is clearly how they live their life. It's not just a one-off thing. Um, so we're going to call it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this, the, the, there may be an edgier tone to this show. Yes. Uh, in addition, uh, you may have already seen when you downloaded this on your podcatcher, this show will have the explicit tag. Because if there's any one word to describe Gordon Ramsay, it's explicit. Oh my gosh. And we're starting with his... Most explicit show in the United States, at least. Yeah, so Hotel Hell is uncensored on Hulu. Yes. You hear all the words, and may I just be the first to say, fuck. Yeah, if you're not interested, get the fuck out, you guys. Yeah, fuck you, and fuck the podcatcher you wrote in on. (laughs) He's joking. I'm joking. He's fucking joking. Please, please don't stop listening. We need you. We need you. We love you. We fucking love you guys. Fucking love you. <laughs> We're really going to earn the explicit tag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so- I'm sorry. I should say we fucking love you folks. <laughs> I'm trying to not, you know. Be fucking gender neutral. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I'll try a little fucking harder. <laughs> so, now that we've lost Christine's parents, um... <laughs> so now that we've covered that show's gonna be a little different but we're just gonna go through various seasons we're gonna skip around to different series and cover different things that gordon ramsay's done throughout his career different times uh the, for the next few weeks we're gonna cover season one of hotel hell this is a show that aired around 2013 i want to say 2012 2013 that sounds right right after the american kitchen nightmares right right yeah i guess it kind of replaced that we're gonna do that though because the first season i think all the seasons of hotel hotel hell were relatively short uh this first season was only six episodes and the first one is a two-parter the newest season of kitchen nightmares u.s ramsey edition will be debuting in late September, I want to say September 25th? Yes. On Fox, and I'm sure it'll be on Hulu as well, because all Kitchen Nightmares is already on Hulu. Um, And that's coming back for the first time in 10 years. 10 years. Which I thought he was done with it. Yeah, I did not think he was going to do it again. So we're going to go through season one of Hotel Hell, and we'd love it if you watch along with us. 
And then we're going to start covering the new episodes of Kitchen Nightmares as they happen starting in the fall. And then who knows after that? We could cover. There's so many things we could cover. We could do whatever. And if there's something you want us to cover that's Ramsey related, let us know. Um, We could jump to that next. All right. So our email for this podcast is hellspodcast.pts at gmail.com. That PTS is for Power Team Studios. So again, Hell's Podcast, no apostrophe, of course. Hell's Podcast.pts at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts about Ramsey, any of his shows, uh, what you want us to cover next, talkbacks from these episodes. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on there. So there's that. The beginning of Hotel Hell, during the theme song, there is a uh, arachnid in it trigger warning trigger warning it's an issue for for some people including myself so don't watch it if you're uncomfortable with that just hide your eyes you can watch the show just don't watch the theme song and i will say occasionally the um interstitials or whatever like before they go to commercial anytime they go to one of those i would also avert your eyes because occasionally it shows that again like after you know when it's going into commercial for just a second. Um, and then uh, the other thing is, if you have an aversion to ass, or Gordon Ramsay's ass specifically, <laughs> you, you definitely don't want to watch this show because there is so much Ramsay ass. Who would have thought that a show about rehabbing hotels would have, I would say, gratuitous nudity? Gratuitous nudity, yes. So much nudity in the show. We're not joking. Yeah, not full frontal or anything, but no. ass all over the place, and he takes his shirt off a lot. There is so much nudity in this show. Sex symbol, Gordon Ramsay, bears it all for America. That should that should be the name of the show. Yes, yeah. totally. It's insane. Did we, like, win a war over Scotland <laughs> where, like, the prize we won was getting, forcing, like, Gordon Ramsay to strip down for us at all times? Probably. I haven't been following the news that much. <laughs> that sounds right. I think I think that was around the Bay of Pigs invasion or something like that. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah I love pigs. <laughs> <laughs> there are pigs in this episode. I know, but not enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I wish the whole episode were about the pigs. They talk I about them more love... than we see them. Oh, I can say fucking. I fucking love pigs. Fucking love Fuck. those pigs. <laughs> That's the only swear we know. If you know any other swears, please email us. Let us know your creative swear. Yeah, I yeah. O- I only know the one. Um, yeah. No, we'll find some others. <laughs> um, can, can, should we talk about Hotel Hell? Season, uh, Let's do it. Season one, season episodes one, episode one and two. One and two? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll start with episode one. That makes more sense. Oh, okay, sure, if you want. All right. So we are covering... Juniper Hill Inn. Yes. Which is in Windsor, Vermont. Yeah. So, it's very fancy. So, I, I mean, I guess we haven't talked about the concept. If oh, it's, yeah. If it's not clear, Hotel Hell, he goes to a hotel that is struggling for whatever reason. They're not getting customers. And he goes and figures out why and tries to help them fix it. Um, but as so often is the case, usually if a, if a business is doing this bad, it's because... The owner is ignoring the obvious, and this is a theme with every Ramsey rehab show, and there are hundreds of these, so this will happen a million times. This is the first of many. Christine? Yes. Um, So yeah, Juniper Hill Inn. Juniper Hill Inn, Windsor, Vermont. 
It has 28 bedrooms. It was built in 1902. And it has two formal dining rooms. Two. Because you need that. Dose. Yeah. Especially when you're not getting customers. That's <laughs> yeah. You need, yeah. You need that room. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, the, pr- the primary proprietor is Robert Dean the, the second. second. And if that doesn't tell you right off the bat, and apologies to anyone out there who, if, if you're the second or the third or the fourth or There's the fifth. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that per se, but I do think that that is indicative. Yes, in this in this case. Of perhaps some pretense on the on behalf of Robert Dean II. Yeah. That that is his uh, nom de plan. <laughs> yeah, nom de hotel. Nom de hotelier. Yes. <laughs> uh so just just a little little taste mm-hmm. in the beginning mm-hmm. who who we got here. So so yeah, what, what who else we got here? Um then we also have his partner Ari Nikki, mm-hmm. who is Finnish. Yeah. Very stoic. As in from Finland. From Finland. I yeah. know I had to, yeah, I should have said that. That's important. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he always finishes. Um, so, uh, oh, and it costs $350 a night to stay there. And it's a minimum of two <laughs> nights. So if you want to stay there, you're dropping a minimum of $700. And that doesn't include the, the food. The I don't food. Think. Once the, we the... get to eating there, you'll get to hear about, I can tell you the price now if you want. Well, let's get there. Let's, let's get there. We're not, we'll we're get not there, there quite yet. Um, and so Robert is portrayed as a hotelier and antiques dealer. Yes. Which we're going to learn a lot more about the antiques. There are quote unquote antiques everywhere. Quote, yeah. Uh, It's just, it's, there's so much. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's not, it's borderline cluttered. Yes, I agree with fancy looking things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we get to know, we start to get to know Robert a little more through Talking Heads. Um, if you're not familiar with, we've already talked on Crumb Shoes about what a Talking Head is. But basically think any type of documentary reality show where you just see like an aside shot with someone being interviewed and they're kind of talking directly to the camera or to the producer who's like just, just to the right or left of camera. Um, so you're just getting like direct interview with them, but you don't even hear the person asking the questions. You're just hearing them talking, right? You're just hearing them give explanation, exposition, whatever. That is a talking head. So we'll be using that term going forward. Um, so through various talking heads with staff and Robert Dean II, uh, we learn that, um, a lot of times to fill up the resort, he comps his friends. So his friends stay for free. Yes. And that the staff doesn't get tips from any of that. Yep. So it's pretty great. Yeah, these staff are working for no tips, basically. Yeah. Oh, and also, well, they also don't get their paychecks sometimes. We'll get there. A lot. Yeah. A lot. So that's yeah. going to be a recurring So they're theme. working for nothing. Yeah. 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 They're, they're just working for how much they love this horrible guy who's <laughs> heading the... Sorry, spoilers. Yeah. Um, he's not... He, He's horrible. He's really horrible. Spoiler, spoiler alert. He's the worst. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's going to be a lot of that on these Gordon Ramsay shows. There's a lot of the yeah. worst. 
we also learned that he is losing about $200,000 a year. Mm-hmm. A year. He is losing $200,000 on this business. Yeah. So pretty bad. And they're in the hole for like a million a ish, mil, which yeah. we'll get more detailed into. But Yeah, yeah. So, yikes. Um, and he makes a comment during the um, sort of before Gordon gets there. They, mm-hmm. they kind of try to establish the place before Gordon gets there. So one of the comments he makes uh, is... The guests that we don't want are the ones that don't have a lot of money. Yikes. Yeah. I'm going to say yikes. If So we're, if y'all have seen Faulty Towers, <laughs> another wonderful but problematic <laughs> show. Um, but we, you know, uh, it is hilarious and brilliant, but problematic. Uh, John Cleese from the 70s. Yes. Yeah. So it is about a, uh, basically about this guy. So if you have seen the first episode of that show, this, this episode of this show will really ring true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Keep so, out some of that riffraff. Yeah. Um, for any business owners out there, the guests you want are the guests that are willing to pay. Like, yeah. they don't, like, uh, and, you know, if they're not coming, either you're overcharging or you're doing something else wrong. Yeah. Uh, so you you don't need millionaires. You just need people who are willing to pay for the services that you are offering. Uh, that's business. That's literally how. <laughs> Welcome to business. Business works. Uh, so to say that you need guests that meet a certain level uh, that is suitable for you is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to put that. That's dumb. Yeah. yeah. It's straight yeah. up. It's like snobby in a dumb way. Yeah. So before Gordon gets there, um, one of the locals says something to the effect of they feel like they would be intruding if they tried to stay at this hotel. This hotel is for rich people. That is the understanding. Yeah. The locals can't afford it. Yeah. And, and aren't welcome. And are welcome, because they are the riffraff. They are the people who can't afford the two-night minimum. Right, yeah. Or the, the menu, which, again, we'll get to. Um, oh, and by the way, this place is very stately. Like, it's very good-looking. Yeah. Uh, especially from the outside. It's lovely. Yeah. 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 It, yeah it's nice and the inside place. is very nice, too. It's mm. just the decorative antiques are a little a little much. Yeah. Uh, so at first, uh, Gordon goes in and I guess the, the shot, the camera work, I don't think was clear in my mind, but apparently what, what appears is the front door for whatever reason is not accessible. It's not the door they use. So he goes to the front door and it's locked. So then he goes around to the back door and he says he almost like slips on ice. But again, the camera work was really unclear on this. So I think he was playing this up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Gordon Ramsay plays things up. Yeah, and we we take this show and all reality shows with a little grain of salt. Yes. Um, because you never know behind yeah. the scenes what the editing is. Like how, you know, the timing that they want you to think is happening is probably not exactly the timing that's happening much of the time. Absolutely. And we'll discuss that when we noticed it. And if you notice it, you know, anything that like, okay, maybe this isn't the way it appeared, please let us know. You know, we want this to be a conversation. Um, and we, you know, uh, 
Um, you know, again, as with Crumb Shoes, we understand that reality TV is quote unquote reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there's, especially even more in Gordon, Gordon Ramsay worlds than in Crime Scene Kitchen, um, there's going to be a lot of things that are conflated, that yes. are exaggerated. Um, and we acknowledge that. And I'll also, uh, this is a good time to say that I extend the same invitation on this program that we extended Crumb Shoes. If anyone who has ever been involved with any of the shows that we discuss hears this and wants to come on the show and set the record straight, whether they think Fox has misrepresented them, whether they think Gordon Ramsay has misrepresented them, or whether they think we have misrepresented them, there is always going to be an open invitation for you to come on the show and set the record straight. Uh, we want to hear from people who have been on this show um, and... Uh, and get even more of the stories than we had before. Uh, so I'm just putting that out there. Robert Dean II or anyone else? Ari. Ari. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Barbara. Barbara. The dog. The dog. The poodle. Wait, is it a poodle? I don't know. I don't know dogs. It's on four legs. We're That's allergic. all I know. I mean, I am. It looked delicious. <laughs> God. And we lost all of our listeners. Hey, explicit tag. <laughs> All right, so he goes around the back door. He plays at slipping on ice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's uh, greeted uh, by Robert Dean. Um, I go right to the pigs. What else do you have at this point? Um. So Robert does tell Gordon that there is a reason that the front is not accessible, which is that um, there's snow that gathers above it. Uh, above the front door, I assume because of the age of the building, but they haven't made some renovations to accommodate this or whatever. So if snow falls on guests at that front door, Robert Dean says, Robert Dean II says, it could kill them. So that is why they can't let people in through the front door, because it's not safe. Which is a good reason. Yeah. Um, like, that's totally a good reason. Some signage might be helpful. I don't know. Maybe there are signs and we just don't see them. Um, with the camera some... work. Yeah, the camera work is weird. Yeah, but I feel like we did get wide enough shots of, like, the outside that... Uh, I... We probably would have seen a sign uh, I... if there was one. I think there could have been signage. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I think Ramsey's right on that account. Okay. Yeah. I, I so think. they should put, yeah, they should certainly put a sign up because it very much does look like the front is the entrance. Yeah. So. Well, I didn't make it over to the end, so I'll just say spoilers. Ramsey gave them some damn signage at the end of this. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't make um, a note of it, so I'll just say it now. Another thing before the pigs, which is, of course, the best part, um, they, there is like sort of a, desk kind of thing um and uh gordon is like oh is that the check-in area and robert dean the second says no we don't really have a check-in area that's a bar it's a martini bar yeah it's yeah it's like well someone compared it later and i it, it's the only app that person i think could think of it's something you like wheel out for a wedding at an event right like, like there's no reason for it to be there all the time yeah it's it it screams like cocktail party when the rest when the rest yes of the, when the rest of the place begs for something a little more higher end yes it, it, does, it feels very small potatoes yeah it doesn't match yes agreed yeah and also it 
really looks like it should be a reception desk, which most hotels have. Yeah. So maybe do that. Yeah. Which they I do on the end, but. Yeah. Uh, very strange. Yes. And then on to the most important part. Robert tells uh, Gordon, because they have a little pig chef statue at oh the uh, at the martini bar, that they have three rescued pot-bellied pigs. And we only get to see them for a second later, but they're so cute. They're adorable. We love the pigs. Oh, excuse me. They're fucking adorable. They're fucking adorable. Um, yeah, so antiques everywhere. There's a sign. There is a sign. And it says... Please do not touch the artwork. <laughs> um, the artwork. Uh, the artwork. The priceless artwork. Oh, goodness. Like, it's so over the top. I I love that this was the place they started with in this season. Because it's so upsetting. <laughs> like, it's so... Like, the snobbery is such a microcosm of... You know, just the sort of like the top and the bottom of the socioeconomic spectrum, <laughs> but in a way that's deceptive. Like I'm a snob, and I wouldn't dream of saying the things that they say. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it made me think of a great quote from the Magicians uh, television show, which is a wonderful, explicit, dark, violent, wonderful show. Um, where a character who is sort of notoriously snobby says to her friend, who is also notoriously snobby, uh, if we're not the snobbiest people in the room, something's wrong with the room. (laughs) (laughs) So if Nick and I are like, this person is too snobby, that's not good. Watch out. (laughs) My goodness. Um, So... Oh, yeah, so Robert takes Gordon to the main formal dining room. The main formal (laughs) dining room. So Gordon would like lunch, um, and they don't usually serve lunch, because why would you want more customers? So um, he goes to the chef and says, Gordon would like lunch, and the chef says, and he says, what do you want me to do with that information? Like, I, like, unless you're giving me a specific order, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah, they have nothing in place yeah. to enable him to do that. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess he could get something out, but if you're not if you're not putting in a specific order, like... Right, like, what is he supposed to do? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, so Gordon sits in a, at a table where he's like in a sofa by the table, which he thinks is very silly, but I honestly, if I were like at a tea parlor and they sat me in a sofa by a table, I'd be like, this is adorable and charming. (laughs) So uh, that's me. I don't know. Would it be weird for you? He probably made more of it than, than I would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we... (sighs) We got a weird angle of him. We didn't really see the whole picture of yeah. where he was sitting in this case. Because the, the camera was kind of like, uh, it would have been to his left. So we're seeing an angle like where he's kind of on the right side of our screen. Yes. And then we see Robert standing to his left. That was most of what we saw. So I, I feel like we didn't really see the full picture of where he was sat. That's so true. I'm going to reserve judgment. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's not shocking to me. I don't know. It, I wonder if it's that, you know, a chair, that, like a comfy chair or a couch 
might make you be sitting lower than people at like proper chairs. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Ramsey's so maybe tall. He, he's very tall, so you wouldn't think it would be an issue. Mm. Um, oh, just one more thing. As they're walking around the lobby before Gordon sits down, he's very like, oh, these are very fancy antiques. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Robert is kind of bragging about how amazing they all are. As Gordon is sitting there waiting on lunch, uh, Robert tells him about the presidents who have stayed at this hotel. Yeah. There are three of them. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, Calvin Coolidge, and they don't say who the other one was. Let's just say Trump. Let's say Trump. He's, yeah. He, he, was, he, he likes snobs. He's avoiding extradition. Yes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh. <laughs> As we record this, Trump just had his mugshot taken last night. So it's menacing. Happy mugshot day to everyone who celebrates. Yay! Yeah. Um, so Robert also tells him that they are getting $15,000, making $15,000 a month. Yeah. Um, but it takes $30,000 a month just to keep this extravagant place open. <laughs> and that's probably not counting paying the staff since none of them are getting paid. Like, At least not consistently. And not consistently. Like, we get some hints. It's never explicit, but we get some hints that I truly wonder what Ari does with the books. It is very shady. Yes. I agree. It is extremely shady. We yeah. see... Thing after thing about it. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's always just... It's subtle. Hinted at. Yes, it's never explicitly, like, yeah. Investigated. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I wish Ramsey had sat down with the I do, too. I don't know if he ever does that. Um, um He does sit down with uh, Brian, the estate manager, at mm-hmm. one point and look at, like, a spreadsheet. That's right. So, okay. yeah, that's the closest they get to it. But I would assume that's separate from Ari's, like... Payroll. Exactly. It's yeah. not payroll. Yeah. Um, so Robert also tells uh, Gordon that Ari lost his job during the recession. So Again, this is 2013. So we're talking about the recession of 2008. Yes. Thank you. Um, and so Ari put all of his savings, retirement, everything, 401k, everything into the hotel, which came out to about a million dollars. A milski. A milski. Yep. So now, before he eats lunch, right? Um, Robert takes Gordon to what is going to be his room. Yeah. Um, and I believe it's being presented as like their number one suite. I think it is. Yes. Yeah. It's supposed to be like the fanciest one, and it yeah. is very nice looking. Yeah. So it looks very nice. Yeah. So. Uh, Ramsey likes the look of the rooms. Yes, which we, is not uh, a common occurrence on this show. Right. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I do like the. We're and we're going to talk about this a lot throughout the course of the series. Gordon Ramsay is prone to hyperbole. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything he encounters is either the greatest thing in the history of mankind, or the worst thing that the human mind has ever conceived. <laughs> There is no in between mm-hmm. in the way he assesses things. Uh and as entertaining as that is, you must take that with a grain of salt with almost any analysis he gives, mm. which makes him an unreliable narrator, but he's the narrator we got. It <laughs> makes for entertaining television. Very. And I do believe 
that the problems he encounters with people are real. But it also means whenever he tastes food and every single thing is the worst thing he's ever put in his mouth, it's hard to know, right? Like, yes. we're not there to taste it. So I can't tell you, you know, how accurate that is. He certainly has a more sensitive palate than I do. Oh, he, of course. He knows, not, yeah. he knows more about the food than I do and what it should taste like and feel like. Uh, but th- I'm just putting out this now as this is a common theme. And, uh, you know, when he assesses something, we only have his word to go on. And it's at least my opinion that in life, things are usually much closer to a shade of gray than what, say, Gordon Ramsay might say it is. So take that in for what it's worth as we watch and explore this world of Ramsay. And that's what I try to keep in mind, at least, even though um, we're, we're presented with such extremes. What are your thoughts on that? I, on? I think you express that very well. Um, I completely agree. It's, yes, unreliable narrator, yes. I think that his passion for good food is absolutely earnest in every way. Yes. Um, and that is kind of what saves it from, you know, suspicion. For me. Yeah. Is that, like, I completely agree. Hyperbole all the time. Everything is the best or the worst. Um, But I think that he truly wants to help. And I think that he is very passionate about restaurants being the best they can be. Yes. Um, So I think, yes, take everything he says with a grain of salt. But I do fully believe it comes from a a place of genuine... uh, care and passion yes uh so that's what makes it still a good like incredible compelling show yeah he's nothing if not passionate absolutely and he he is he doesn't trust people who don't have passion for for food or something if they're running a a restaurant etc so yeah all right so so we go in the room he likes to look at the room but it smells bad apparently yes and again could be a little bit of hyperbole. That's possible, yeah. but he says it smells like sewage, which yeah. is a pretty specific smell. And Robert also says he acknowledges that he smells it. So it's like it, it sounds like it's legit. And to boot, no one because again they're not getting guests. No one had stayed in that room for four months. Yeah, which is a crazy long time to for not, your fanciest room to not even need a room. You to not even need that room to use. Um, Again, he would rather have no visitors than the riffraff, I think is is, exactly. <laughs> is his thinking. So he, no one's even gone in that room for four months. So a smell could have developed. Yeah, and, you absolutely. Know, uh, and this is an old building. Yeah. So Something knows? that we run into again in other episodes. Right. It's like if you have like a sort of heritage site. Yeah. Like it can be hard to get the plumbing and stuff up to code, but you need to do it. Right. Like these are old pipes. This is old, you know, installation, walls, ceiling, like, so that, that creates a lot of unique problems. Yeah. Hey friends, we just want to remind you that Power Team Studios has a Patreon. If you don't already know, you can find us on Patreon at 
Power Team Studios. We have three different Patreon tiers. We have a $3 a month, a $5 a month, and a $7 a month. So um, please be sure to check out our Patreon. You can also get all kinds of fun perks, like we'll probably be doing some bonus content in the future. We also have other cool perks, like you can get a shout out on our podcasts, or you can, at the highest tier, also be entered in a monthly drawing to win an hour-long chess lesson with Nick, who's very good at chess, or a baking session with me. So be sure to check it out. We are making lots of fun content for you all, and that is one of the best ways to support us. But if you can't, no worries. Um, anything you can do is appreciated. Listening, sharing, liking, following, commenting, absolutely anything. Thank you so much. So they found another room because obviously there's a lot of vacancies. Yeah, there were tons <laughs> of rooms available. So it wasn't really a trouble to find a room at the last minute. Uh, they find uh, they find another room. And again, Gordon Ryan likes to look at the room. This one does not smell. So, um, this is, I think, probably a contrast to most other episodes of Hotel Hell, which we'll get to in the future, where you like the room, so. Yes, this hardly ever happens. Yeah, usually. So, yeah, it lends it an air of credibility that occasionally there will be something he likes. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, so, then it's lunchtime. Yeah, let's do this. So his server is Barbara Walker. Okay. Uh, I would love to talk to Barbara. She seems really cool. Yeah. She was 70. Barbara, if you're listening, give us a ring. Yes. I hope you got to retire. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Please I hope. Us. I hope she just stole the RV and ran off. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Drove up to Canada. It's not far. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she should do that. Yeah. If you've not seen any Gordon Ramsay shows... This is a theme. He is constantly... His appearance is constantly being commented on by women. Um, very often older women. Yes. So, yes. And uh, this is the first of many. If if anyone has any kind of feelings towards Gordon, it gets airtime. Always. And it happens... An inordinate amount of time. Yeah, he makes people feel some sort of way. Gordon! Ramsey. Hot! Hot! What a Casanova! Caliente! Yeah! Okay, so... So Barbara says she has a mad crush on Gordon. Mad crush! And, uh... Oh, and she calls herself a cougar, which is sort of an ageist, sexist term. But, own it, girl. Like, do your thing. If you own it, yeah, Yeah, of that's totally fine. That's fine. Uh, and then, so they start talking about her compensation. Uh, and then it's pulling teeth to get a paycheck. Yeah, but at least it's a ton of money. <laughs> oh. JK. She got paid $6,000 last year. In a year. In a year. And I... Uh, to be fair, I do not know how if that's full-time or part-time or what. Yes. I don't, I, and I, I think there's certainly a chance it's part-time. I don't know. We have no idea. Yeah, so I would love if we could find clarity on that somehow. Yeah. But it's not good. I mean, it's if, bad. if she's... Even part-time, that's bad. Even part Yeah, because, like, let's say they only do dinners. Let's say she's there five nights a week. Like, yeah, even mm-hmm. part-time, that's not good. That's really quite Yeah, especially bad. if she's she's looking for or needs more that's not enough to live right exactly yeah i mean you said 
You said she's 70? Yes. So maybe she's getting Social Security to supplement that. Hopefully. But, uh, yikers. That's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, her, her, her last check, the check itself, $48. Oh, I didn't get that down. My gosh. Yeah. Now, servers usually, like, are making more off of tips than off of their paychecks. But we'll get to the tips. Yeah, don't worry. We'll talk about uh, that, too. Because that's an issue as well. Everything's an issue. <laughs> Except the beautiful rooms. Yeah. Yes. There's issues here. Gordon notices that it appears to be a Creek's Fix menu, uh, which is a fixed price menu. Okay. The French version of that. Got it. Um, there is a minimum $59 for three courses. You have to get all three courses... And that's $59 or extra if you get lamb. Minimum. Yeah, if you get the lamb, it's another $15, which makes your dinner $74. Yes. And we don't know if there's any other things that have extra charges. but Yeah, yeah, they, they did not go. They and, didn't mention yeah. anything else. Uh, so, and I would also like to say mm-hmm. that, and actually our Crumb Shoe listeners will appreciate this. I don't know if you noticed this, Christine. On the menu, for as fancy as Robert Dean II wants to be, he spelled creme brulee, C-R-E-M-E-B-R-U-L-E. <gasps> Full stop. Oh no, where's the other E? He misspelled creme brulee on his own freaking menu. Wow, I'm so glad you noticed that. That is very upsetting. Like, if you're trying to be bougie, yeah, do it right. Spell bougie correctly. <laughs> if you're trying to be fancy, the least you could do, and and, and there were no like there, you know, because there should be like I don't know where, but like accents and agues. Oh, did it not have any I accent think, marks? I don't think it had. Oh any my gosh! It was just cream brule. Oh, I love cream brule. Yeah. Delicious. So, you know, if you're trying to be fancy, at least, you know, make your menu match your aspirations. Yes. Yeah. That is disturbing. Yeah. Gordon asks Robert Dean II, so that's like for people staying here, that it's like the $59 minimum. But what about people who just like walk in? (laughs) And No. no, Robert's like... No, we only take reservations. Yeah. No one can walk in. I love that idea. So if someone just showed up, they'd turn them away. They'd turn them away. <laughs> like, here, I want to give you my $60. Yeah. Bye. Let, yeah. I, what? Yeah. Like, what are you yeah, doing Yeah, because your business your is going so well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they don't need any money. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay's restaurants are reservation only. Because you can't get in otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. And, oh, another, you know when I said, if we're not the snobbiest people in the room, there's something wrong with the room. <laughs> I think it could be said by many that Gordon Ramsay is, of course, a food snob. Oh, yeah. You know, so if he thinks that the menu is insanely overpriced. Yeah. And, it, that, and that the owner is snobby. Then they are. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. Yes. Yeah. So, in regards to the reservation-only sort of system, Robert says, uh, talking about the locals, we haven't identified the appropriate people to come here. Again, the appropriate people is people willing to give you money! Yes! That's what a business is. (laughs) That's how a business works. Uh, 
<laughs> and if you're oh not finding gosh. that, then you have to fix something in yourself. Yes, oh, so many things. Uh, but, uh, despite all this, he has found the money to purchase an RV. Yeah, now we get to talk about the RV. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, sorry. It's not an RV. Oh. Robert is quick to point out. It is a motor coach. It's a motor Which coach. is the high-end version of RV. Because it's $100,000. For an RV, for a motor coach. And they're already a million dollars behind on the hotel. Yeah. So let's add another 0.1 mil onto that. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's not an RV. It's a motor coach because he's fucking Cinderella going to the ball. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. Get him a ball gown. Yes. And a horse-drawn carriage. Yes. Because motherfucker's going to the ball. Exactly. <laughs> wow. It is insane. Uh, so, I, yeah, w- whatever it is... So it, it's it's his way to get away for a bit. Yes, because he's and like I believe him that he is legitimately stressed out. Sure, but it is because he has made so many bad choices that are piling up on each other. Yeah, that is what is overwhelming him. Yeah, he has put no systems in place. Yeah, to deal with any of the issues that he has caused. Right. Right. Including in his psyche. Right. So he said specifically he needs a, quote, psychological break. Yeah. And that's how he gets it. But how that manifests, I guess, is that he hides out in there all the time and just texts his staff giving directions. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, the chef said that um, he would have people come in and have, you know, like ten tables all of a sudden. That it's either no one's there or it gets really quite busy. Yeah. Um, so he'll have, you know, ten tables all of a sudden, and then he'll just get a bunch of texts from Robert, and no actual <laughs> support of any kind. <sighs> Gross. Uh, yeah. Um, so, we start eating, right? Yeah, let's talk lunch. Crabby cakes. These crab cakes, sometimes, uh, Gordon, it does tend towards hyperbole. These crab cakes are truly the smallest crab cakes I've ever seen. They look like smaller than silver dollar pancakes. Like they're tiny. Yeah, no, I was about to compare it to something about that right? about that yes. size. Like a like a large coin. Yes, it is large coin size, yeah. and I believe he only got two. Yeah. From what we can see from it's, the camera. You know what? It's about think about the dimensions of like a baby bell cheese wheel. It's exactly that. Yes, yeah. it is that. So it has a little thickness, but... Not, not that much. Yeah. For, you know, however, I, I can't remember. Oh, $20. Well, basically, Gordon's dividing out the, the three courses. Oh, um, I right, see. For the $60, right? So, right. for the normal menu without the lamb, it'd be, he's saying 20 20 20 right? I see. With that the lamb, sense. he's saying 20 35 20 35 being the lamb. That's we'll fair. Yes. Right? Okay. Uh, so, so, they, so, you know, that yeah, that's 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 rough math. That, you know, right, that's not but, technically a But, price. yeah, it's like, but yeah, there were just like two little crab cakes and buried under greens. So many greens. Yeah. It's mostly probably like spring mix and two tiny crab cakes. But yeah, it's definitely, yeah, not, not worth, it's not contributing to the $60 value or $75 yes. value of the menu. If I had a dinner party, I would be ashamed to serve crab cakes that small. <laughs> yeah, we always serve crab cakes. 
Oh yes, we're yeah. so no. I I haven't had a dinner party uh, ever. Yeah, and he said it was soapy, or was that for the lamb? I have that between my lab and my lamb and my crab. Oh, I don't. I, I think I think it was the crab he was saying. Was that soapy. is so gross. So he great. he called them. He has very colorful language. He called them dreadful and testicle sized. Yes. So I guess we know something about his. <laughs> Maybe that's what Barbara was commenting on. Perhaps, yes, indeed. <laughs> you know, to be fair, he was sitting down eating lunch. We did not see him from the waist down. That's true. He could have been pantsless. Yeah, that's always possible. He was ready for the ass shot. <laughs> always to be ready for the ass shot. Oh, Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. Uh,. <laughs> We've already covered that, right? The, the, no, we haven't yet. We haven't gotten to, to ass o'clock yet. All right. Um, lamb. Okay, let's talk about this lamb. It is a uh, macadamia-crusted Dijon lamb. Do yes. Do you have any other uh, notes on the recipe? There, there were a few details. I don't I, think no, I don't. I think there's a sweet potato mash. Okay. Um, some sort of Dijon or honey. Puree. Dijon honey. Oh, okay, I mean, it sounds good. Yeah. And it looked very fancy to me. <laughs> It looked okay, yeah. I, it was sort of maybe slightly old-fashioned, or but I don't know. I feel like in Kitchen Nightmares, more mm-hmm. we get a, a full sense of what the plate looks like. In, in this one, I don't know, just editing in this episode in particular, I don't feel like we got a good look at the plates Oh yeah. before he started digging in, with the exception of the dessert. Dessert we got a good look at. Yes. But the other two, I, and maybe it's just me taking notes, I just feel like I didn't get a good look pre digging into it. Yeah, it might be that, you know, um, a hotel is, and we'll talk about this throughout the show, a hotel is such a different scope uh, that, you know, different scope from a restaurant. Sure. Because a hotel usually includes a restaurant. Right. <laughs> In these cases, these are small hotels that have a restaurant. Yeah. So they have to cover so much more. It's possible that in the editing, they're just not sure. obsessed with us seeing the food as much as other very true, yeah. Like in Kitchen Nightmares, he would sample more dishes, yes. and there'd be definitely more time with the with the eating part because that's like a whole segment. Yeah, yeah these are he's spread out so thin. The camera work, I'm sure, is like the editors have to spread it out. Yeah, and of course, and they decided this would take two episodes. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I wish they had shown more of the pigs. Though. <laughs> two episodes, you can find more pig time. Get more pig time. Uh, so, what did we think of the lamb? Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Um. So it was not rested. It was. Why don't you explain that? Oh, okay. So some meats you have to rest. Yeah, like red meats, I guess. Yes, I, I generally. Yeah, yeah, but I mean turkey. If you make turkey on Thanksgiving, you have to rest it for thirty minutes. Okay, too. so a lot of rest. So a lot, a lot of, of a lot of stuff. Okay, but um, what does that mean? If you cut it immediately after it finishes cooking. I think, like, juices will run out. Yeah. Whereas, if you rest it, the juices are going to kind of lock in a little better. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. It was uh, not rested. It was also raw, uh, essentially. Yeah, it was very red. Um, the fat was not rendered. Right. So, it was underdone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, when you and when you don't rest, what happens is on the, on the customer's plate... That's all, all the red juices run out, and it looks like blood. Now, I've heard that it's not actual blood; it's some other. Oh, okay. It's some other compound, but it looks like blood all over the bottom of your it's plate. It's very unappetizing. Uh, and it, you know, it's it's very thin, so it like mixes Ugh. with all your sides and everything. So yeah, gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also said, "Oh, he said it was too sweet." Yeah, well. yeah. She he, was. He doesn't like savory foods that are extremely sweet. 
yeah. in general, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah. He likes a better balance. Yeah, balance is important. I, yeah. I think most chefs at that level, like, they're oh, like, yeah. do you have your acid, do you have your sweet, do you have your savory, like, right. they want they're a little... they're looking for layers. Yeah. And, yeah, that's a good point. Like, for me, if I go to a Chinese restaurant and eat a sauce <laughs> that you could just put on donuts, <laughs> I'm in heaven. Bourbon I love that chicken. Shit. Oh, bourbon chicken is so good. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, Ramsey's and my palate's maybe ever so slightly different. <laughs> if you're near uh, Earl of Bronson in the Kissimmee area and you want to order from 126 Chinese and get their sesame chicken or their bourbon chicken. It's so good. Definitely go to 126 Chinese. I am yeah. fine giving them free advertising. Yeah. Because it's a great family-run restaurant. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She she asked, she's the one who asked like is the is the flavor at least good and that's when he volunteered the sweet part yeah so like, she was just like hoping for something yes yeah, yeah. That, that, that just a minor detail there um, that's all I have for that okay and then uh, Robert so you know Robert's there uh, Gordon tells him how he feels about the food so far. Robert very swiftly throws the chef under the bus. Um, Robert is very defensive. He has no interest in taking on uh, the responsibility for anything. No, well, when you're perfect. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's so much better than everyone who works for him. Yeah. Um, So, oh, and then uh, Gordon talks to Barbara about the previous chef. Yes. Um, and she says that the last chef, uh, was wonderful and she would buy produce and food for the kitchen all the time using credit cards. So basically she maxed out her credit cards buying things for this kitchen and never got paid back. Yeah. So she left eventually. And almost certainly had paycheck issues aside from that. I'm absolutely sure she did. Based on what we've heard and what we'll continue to hear. So. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I, that's how you lose good people. Yeah. <laughs> it's by not treating them like human beings. Uh, we'll get more into that. Uh, Definitely. Um, dessert? Oh my gosh. So, um, he likes the dessert, taste-wise. Yes. But he is very bothered when he first sees it, because essentially it is like a peanut butter chocolate cake. Um, it looks like maybe it's like a peanut butter moussey type topping and a chocolate with chocolate cake under it. It's like a single serving cake, like a very, you know, yeah. a small cake. Yeah. Um, but it is cut in half and he only receives half of that cake. Yeah. So think of it, it's like a cylinder essentially mm-hmm. cut in half. So it's half of the cylinder. Yeah. Uh, like, and it's not yeah. like can sized or anything. No, it's shorter it's than like, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's short and Yeah. But it's rather small already. It's small, especially considering that's a third of your $60 meal. Exactly. You want the whole cake. Yeah, I want yeah. that whole damn cake. Yeah. Um, I thought of another swear word, damn. Um, ass. Ass. <laughs> but he actually likes Bastard. <laughs> Should we just play the George Carlin routine? <laughs> Love you, George Carlin. May you rest uh, in peace. Yes. So he likes the flavor of the cake, but not sad. <laughs> you had a look on your face like you were about to say something, and I love that it was that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. No rules. No rules. Just nuts. <laughs> 
Um, so he enjoyed the flavor of the cake. So Robert told him that it was actually, uh, it came from Frozen. Did they say Frozen specifically, or just that it was ordered? Oh, he did not say Frozen specifically. That it's ordered, you know, from a a different place. Yeah. So it could be a local bakery and not Frozen. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Uh, I... I, I think you're getting that, and, and to to Christine's point, uh, as we go on in our journey with Gordon Ramsay, uh, he hates freezers. He hates freezers. <laughs> the if, only thing that should be in a freezer is ice cream. If anything, yeah, if anything is frozen and brought in, he absolutely hates it. Every restaurant should have everything completely homemade, uh, which... Depends on the restaurant. To me, it depends. To him, he's looking at restaurants that charge a premium. Like, mm-hmm. in his mind, every restaurant charges a premium, you know, like premium, premium, like Gordon Ramsay prices, and therefore everything should be fresh. And yes, if you're paying that much money, yes. A hundred percent. Christine yeah. and I regularly peruse uh, <laughs> Chef Wendy's, <laughs> Chef McDonald's, yes. uh, Chef Burger King. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, say Arby's, but also things a step above that, like say your Red Robins and your yes. your. Um, I love chains. Yeah, uh, uh, I think America has brainwashed me. Help me think more. Like a capitalist Panera, Panera, you know, yes, like Panera, you know, yeah, fat, more fast casual things. Yes, we love that stuff. You know, yeah. plenty of other things. I just my mind isn't working right now. But uh, so, Express. so, and I know, like we've worked, we both worked a lot in food service. We mm-hmm. worked at Starbucks for a long time. We worked together at Jason's Deli. I've yeah. worked in other places. Uh, I, I've worked at you know Disney. I've worked at Pizza. There's stuff in my mind, that can be frozen and still, once you prepare it, I, I, I would be thrilled with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We would be thrilled with. I would be thrilled with. Right. Yeah. Uh, for Ramsey, that is not the case. Yes. Uh, but I did think it was interesting that in this case, because almost almost universally, anytime something is brought in from outside the doors of the restaurant, it's bad. Yeah. So the fact that he even liked this, I thought was interesting. That's true. Um, and it, I guess it'll lead me to my next kind of something that we're going to continue to observe with Ramsey, which is how much scouting is done in advance mm. and how much planning of his reactions he does based on the scouting. That's really interesting. Because we know they're scouting in advance. That's of how you course. get B-roll. That's, right. that's how you find out if, if he's even going to go there. Right? Yeah. Um, and because I do feel like sometimes like he has like there's a narrative in his mind mm. of if he does say X food is good, there's a specific reason. That is so true. That's such a good point. Uh, now... Uh, and again, I I don't want to diminish his reactions in real time and say he's always fabricating it. I'm not saying that, but I am saying there is often, almost always in these shows, a narrative. Yes. About what's good, what's bad, and why. And uh, I think it can sometimes feel convenient, mm. at least in the way it's being presented. So I'm just wondering. I'm not saying, I'm just, this will be a continued theme in Hell's Podcast, is my speculation of of 
how much advanced knowledge in this case he had on this cake, mm-hmm. and if if that was kind of the way they were going to shape. That's really interesting. His correction going forward. I did not think about that in relation to this. I noticed it in more obvious contexts um, in other episodes, but that is a really good point. I did not think about it in this, but I bet there's some of that going on. So that's something we're just going to note. Just keep that in mind Again, as you watch the shows, maybe. Yeah, I'm not saying anything definitive, because I have no idea. We um, but I just think it's an interesting way to look at the narrative and try to remain objective and not just completely buy the story that we're being told, because as we've said already, reality shows, you never know. Yes. A hundred percent. That's yeah. my thoughts on that. Nice. Then he gets to speak to Julian, the chef, who yes. comes in and Robert is still there. Um... And Julian says there is uh, an upsetting lack of communication on all fronts at this hotel, which we see in many, many ways going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And one is the lack of communication between Robert and Julian. You know, um, Julian would like to make his own menu. Yeah. But uh, I think while Robert may um, voice support for it, in theory, yeah, he will not give him any of the tools or resources you would need. Yeah, well, and certainly Robert's the one controlling that portion size for the food cost. Absolutely, right? like that's that's got to be a Robert thing. That's at this point. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I wrote haven't been sweeping well, so I assume that's Julian because um, mm. he's only making four hundred dollars a week before before taxes, and that's if he gets his paycheck, and that's if he gets his paycheck, which at this point he's not been paid in three weeks. Yeah, um, so they basically have to, just like Barbara said, pulling teeth to get their paychecks. Yeah, like it's not just that it's not coming on time; like they have to keep asking right. Robert, like, right. "Can I please have my paycheck?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's and- not just asking once; it's asking over and over. Yeah, and at some point later, I'll just say it now, okay, because it's the same thing I thought. Gordon goes, it's like you're making them say, please, sir, may I have my paycheck? Like Oliver. Yes! Uh, and I may have, no, I think that comes in a later meme, but I thought of it now. But it's the same thing I thought. Uh, which yes. is just that he's forcing them to beg him. Subjecting them to his uh, will. Because he, and they said that, that his employees specifically say this, he absolutely believes he is higher up than them. Absolutely. Uh, so it's so upsetting. So and again, this is a full time chef at a uh, ostensibly fancy restaurant that and is he's making, properly trained. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is making four hundred dollars a week before <laughs> taxes. So you know we're talking probably three hundred a week net or whatever. I don't know taxes oh. in Vermont. That's so bad. Yeah, that's awful. Then Robert said, I think this is a talking head, but still awful. If you're not happy with your work environment, you should leave. Yeah. And. Literally, they're all completely replaceable and worthless. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, to an extent, I agree with that. Because they should leave. They should leave. I don't understand why these people are there. Yeah. We will get more into that. But, like, I don't like. But. Like, his attitude is so, like, oh, I'm so above it, like, they should leave. If the people who should leave left, he would have nothing. Yeah. He would have nothing. He would have to do everything himself. 
And it's only because he's found people who will tolerate his bullshit that he even still has a business to try to salvage. Yes. So, fuck you, dude. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, this... It is smart that they made this the first episode of Hotel Hell. Yeah. Because it is deeply disturbing. His behavior, his uh, partner's behavior. Yeah, we've barely touched the partner so far. We haven't even talked about him, basically. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to become more in part two. But yeah, yes, we'll, I yeah. think so. Go on. Um. Yeah, this episode is explosive. Yeah. Like, this is... Um. There's almost... A- I would call it an illusion uh, for the most part, but I think that occasionally um, Gordon Ramsay shows appeal to me in the way that in a microcosm, now I am not saying that he does this in the world to, you know, CEOs and stuff, but in a microcosm, Gordon speaks truth to power in a way that I find very appealing. Yeah. Um, the people who end up looking really good on his shows are often the working class people in restaurants and hotels. They are the servers. They are the chefs not making a livable wage. They are the, um, the housekeepers and the managers who have like just an endless list of tasks that are never thanked or appreciated. Right. So... I love that about Gordon Ramsay shows is that the people who look the smartest and the best on the shows are the people who aren't making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish he would take that talent for speaking truth to power to the top of our gross capitalist society. <laughs> but, uh, but I appreciate that he does it in these small ways. Um, and I find that very appealing. I do too. I'll say a couple of things, though, that I think are going to be caveats on that. One. Yeah. And again, I'm getting to broader stuff just because this episode is kind of laying out our thesis for why we're even doing this, right? So this stuff isn't necessarily a part of this show, kind of, maybe sort of. One point I'm going to make definitely does not. Um, But again, why we're here. One. So often. So often. And this would be included this would be one of them i think the best solution would for would be for an advisor to just come in and tell these poor people go find another job that is a very good go anywhere else don't suffer with this horrible human being Mm. you don't need this you're better your talents are better than this you're being so kind to stay here go 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 find you know, I'll help you find other work. That's, oh, that's very true. That would be the actual best thing to do, Mm. morally. Would be to do that. But that wouldn't fit the theme of I am here to rehabilitate this establishment. Right, like this. This isn't liberation show. This is hotel hell, where we fix a hotel, and you can't really do that if you tell the entire staff to leave. So, unfortunately, as bad and there, uh, we will cover owners, proprietors that are way worse than this. Yeah, if you can believe it. 
But unfortunately, that is never the answer that is produced because you can't make a show that way and you certainly can't convince people to come in and let you rehabilitate your establishment if you always <laughs> if you always encourage the staff to leave, <laughs> even though that may be the correct choice. So that's number one. So yes, I agree with you. <laughs> Absolutely, 100% agree with you. I just... It, it's just sad that the real true comeuppance for a person like this would be for everyone to leave him and for him to sit alone in his motor coach with his toys and his scowling partner. That's so true. That would be true comeuppance. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I haven't looked yet. We'll get to this more in part two. Um, you know, as far as epilogue, we're always going to try to find out what happened afterwards. So we'll find out. Um, if this establishment is still running 10 years hence. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll check on that. Um, but to me, that would be the truly, in a perfect world, correct solution. Yes. And, and often would be in the future. That is such a good point. And we'll get more to that in part two, I believe. My second thing. Sometimes, running a business is hard. Capitalism is hard and icky. This is part of probably why I should not run a restaurant. Is sometimes Gordon's solution will, he will say to owners, if owners are being too nice, which happens sometimes, if they're being too nice and permissive with their employees, he'll say, if someone's not pulling their weight, I fire them. Oh, we have too many waiters today. One, two, three, you're gone. Bye, thanks for coming. And that sucks. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. So he does, even though very often if, you know, in these circumstances, like in, like in Juniper Hill Inn, you know, when the, the, the problem is clearly the owner and the staff is doing their best. Yes, he supports your staff. And that is most of the time in these. Mm -hmm. But there are also times where if he feels the owner is being um, run over by their staff, which can happen. Sure. Then he toughens them up in the form of having to pull weight with their staff in ways that to me are uncomfortable. That is, yes, that is a very good point. It is weird. It it feels icky sometimes when it happens. Sometimes staff is truly taking advantage and they need to be cut. Sometimes it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's just iffy. And it's that, again, this goes to capitalism in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's that's a whole other conversation. And, and I've already waxed on philosophical for too long at this point. So, um, but, but I'll just say, again, these are things we're all going to be watching out going forward. And I would love to hear everyone's feedback. Again, healthpodcast.bts um, at gmail.com. We would love to hear your talk back on all these thoughts, both now and going forward. Um, because that's what makes this such compelling television. Yes. Is, is, um, just thinking about these things and what, what is right? What is wrong? What is, what is moral? What is ethical? Um, and, and, and are we seeing that played out? Um, and I, there's not a single episode where someone isn't helped in some way. That's so in that, in that way, I, I never feel bad watching the shows in general. Yeah. I don't feel like a general sense of like guilt. No. Over it. No. No, um, but, um, but you know, it's the complicated truth of morality is, is, yeah. is making these decisions. So join us on that journey. That's all. And I, I apologize that that took 
far too long. But I, I, I thought any, I thought it was a brilliant. Do you have any thoughts well said. on that before we move on? Um, I just thought of a uh, a comparison. Okay, which is when you were when I was saying I love that the the uh, working class people on the shows come across as the smartest and best. But you were saying, but really the best thing for them would be to encourage them to get out of these terrible situations. What it made me think of is uh, something I read this year about how uh, mothers in our society are expected to be super women and or, you know, super non-binary, super whatever, whatever they are. However, our government, our society doesn't put supports in place to help them, such as maternity leave, stuff like that. This is in the U.S. Um, Like, more maternity leave, more mental health care access for postpartum issues, etc. And I read something this year that was like, stop calling me a super mom and start giving me some fucking help. <laughs> and that's that's what that makes me think of. Is oh. that, you know, like, I watch the show and I'm like, oh, man, the waiters come off so smart and cool. And you watch the show and you're realizing, like, yeah, but is he really helping them? Or is he praising them for working harder than they should have to? Yeah. So I, um, it really made me think of that. And I, I love that. That, like, my, um, you know, the whole, like, girl power instinct in me and the the sort of like working class power instinct is to be like yay they look so great they're like warriors but really the best thing would be like could we do something to help them though so they don't have to feel like they have to be warriors all the time yeah so uh i really i just enjoyed that um and that's it makes me think yeah yeah Yeah. and it's something i think we should look at with each episode through that lens so uh, is, is, okay, we we saw the actual solution. What 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 would be ideal, right? Solution. And you know, maybe we should do that in every episode. Yeah. Say like, what should we? Well, have we have we have a scale coming up at the end of part two that I think is going to address that somewhat. Yes. Uh, so we'll get to that. I know. Yeah. Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on. This is now a five-hour part one of of uh, this episode. Um, and Julian uh, really sums up what's going on in the episode quite well. He says, uh, yeah. uh, talking about Robert and his motor coach, he says, uh, and the antiques everywhere as well, and this fancy hotel, we are surrounded by wealth and reminded of poverty yes. at the same time. Yeah. They all have this, there's this charade of wealth, but yes. really everyone there is struggling. Yeah. Um, Robert really doesn't have any legitimate defense. He does make many excuses, but at a certain point, he kind of runs out of things to say. So what he says and said is, I'd be very careful coming down on me too hard. I can't believe I didn't write that down. That was the ickiest thing I've ever heard anyone say. Like, oh, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, like... If you're not nice and suck up to me, you might lose this terrible job that's yeah. making you miserable. Are you going to fire your chef that's working for peanuts? Yeah. Because that sounds like a bad Dick. idea. Yeah. Wow. Awful. Awful. Uh, and that's when he said he hadn't been paid three weeks. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I think this is... And this does not happen very often. Mm-hmm. A lot of times 
we hear about, you know, great employees who had left. Um, and in this case, Ramsey's actually able to follow up with I love it when that happens. The old chef. It doesn't happen very often. But yeah, when it happens, it's really cool. So Yeah. Uh, so he visits her. So he goes back to see Chef Lila. Right. Who worked there for five years. Yeah, and so uh, she was saying, like, in the first two years, things were good? Yeah, and then he stopped answering her calls. Yeah, so weird. I, I'm curious what good looks like What did like that there. mean? Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe it started out better and it went to his head. I have no idea. Maybe. And, of course, she wasn't paid on time. Um, there was a private party and no one tipped. This is so upsetting. Yeah, so by, and by private party, we mean... He brings in all of his friends and does not charge them, and they don't tip. So the staff is working for, I mean, uh, again, we've talked about in a lot of these hospitality industries, you're working for tips. Like, you get some wage, but you're you're counting on tips as a, as a yeah. huge source, uh, a huge part of your income. So if he's bringing in all these people that are bringing zero dollars to the establishment and not giving tips. The, these, this is like slave wages for these, yes. for these poor people. Yeah. yeah. And she said nobody will work there, which does not surprise me. Yeah. Um, and she said that she went from making 40000 a year to 15000 a year. And, yeah. That, <laughs> Can you wow. imagine? 15000 a year to be the head chef at a fancy... Yeah. Place. Yeah, and chefs don't work on tips. That's salary, which means she was getting yeah. active pay cuts. Yeah. Yikes. Why did she stay? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I think I'm glad just, she got out what she did. Oh my gosh, yeah, I'm so glad she yeah. left. Yeah. Yeah, those are kind of the best stories of when he talks to people who got out. Yeah. Gordon asks Lila if she would be willing to come back after he's, like, made it over, and uh, just for dinner. Not, like, come back and work there. Just come see it. And she says she would not want to come back to visit because she doesn't want to get in another fight with Robert and Ari. Yeah. Um, So, uh, then Gordon goes back to the hotel and he meets the estate manager, Brian. Yes. So, uh, Brian has a good, like, I had... I had Ryan. Is it Ryan or Brian? I believe it's Brian. Ryan or Brian... Email us. I'm pretty sure it's a Brian. Okay. I don't know. You're probably right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Brian tells Gordon, you know, no one gets paid on time. He has a lot of great insight here. Like, we get a lot of more of the full picture from him, I think. Yeah. Can I actually say, before we met Ryan, uh, he talked to someone named Noel, uh, who kind of verified uh, that, uh, I think she was, like, at the bar. She the uh, one with the bangs. She has really cute hair, I think. You have cute hair. Thank you. Um, And uh, she said that um, she kind of backed up what everyone else has been saying, but she was saying, like, someone had to go out and, like, purchase guest checks. Oh, I'm so glad that you wrote that down. Because they were literally, like, taking orders on just scraps of paper. Yeah, and you can actually see that in action later during, uh, during the dinner service. Yeah. So, again, if, if, if you aspire to have a, a fine establishment, maybe you shouldn't have scraps of paper being how you work, because that doesn't really scream yeah. fancy. It's very much, yeah, there's a lot of putting the cart before the horse here. Yeah, and the morale is not good, she said. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, Ryan. Ryan. Oh, and maybe she's the one that said no one gets them paid on time and they have no basic supplies that they need. Because I, I had not said. It was repeated by everyone. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. So he talks to the estate manager um, who says, you know, I mean, basically everyone who works here has a better understanding of what a hotel should be than uh, Robert and Ari. So uh, the estate manager says, you should be, like, implying that you should be paying the employees before paying your bills. Like, that's, you know, like, you should be prioritizing that, and yet you are not. Um, so basically he shows, um, Gordon some of the books and he hasn't been paid in a month personally. I mean, I I don't know that we got much more from the books other than verifying what we already know. That's true. It was just a, yeah. Um, it was just a concrete way of working at it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but more than that, I think what we got from Ryan, Ryan is that, um, he specifically said that, um. Robert does not see you as an equal, which yes. is clear. Yeah. Uh, but that for, for even a manager to say that, like for a manager to not get paid and to not be seen, you know, as at yeah. least, you know, close to your status and saying something. That's, you know, that's a good point, too, because, like, on these shows, we see a lot of managers who, to me, like, as a general peon in, in most of my food service type jobs, like, you know. A manager is, like, part of the upper hierarchy, right? So, um, but on these shows, a lot of times we see managers who are just busting their ass to, like, get stuff done while the owners are, you know, playing princess or whatever. Drinking it up. Yeah, or monarch. Um, then we get a fantastic dysfunction tour. This is where we go from just snobby to we have a problem. Yeah, he's, uh, yes, we see disorder. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking mental disorder. Yes. In addition to, of course, physical disorder, uh, as far as the, um, things, (laughs) The, the shape of things in their hotel. Uh, so, they go down to the basement, which is, uh, just a nightmare of antiques and fancy-looking shit. Um, so, it's just piled on, you know, yeah. hoarder, hoarder style. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then they go to the office. This is also a hoarder nightmare, where there are just papers and boxes and bins and, you know... Uh, folders and notebooks. And it's this is the worst looking room yes. or anything because it's it's just but this room looks like a hoarder room. Where I agree. Just, the other ones are so fancy; it's kind of or, or or at least somewhat organized. That's true. This is just boxes everywhere. It's really bad. Yeah, and surprising. Yeah, like you can't really walk into it. Like yeah. it's yeah. This one is. You're right. That's true because like they do talk about how. The antiques are somewhat organized, even if they're piled everywhere. Right. That's a good point. And even in the storage units we're about to go to, we saw the pigs at this point, right? Yes! Then we see the pigs! And they say the pig banners are really nice. Yeah. So that's cool. And you can just see the little pigs, and they are so cute. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gordon will pretty much take later is the pigs live better than the employees. Yeah. Um, And then... The storage units. And the storage units. Oh, my goodness. 
I saw four. Well, I think they said four, but it looked like there might have been five. Okay, so four or five. And these are fairly big storage units. So, yeah, by storage units, we mean like, like I, the word in my mind is pods, like long, yes. like trailer size metal shelter things that yeah. you put stuff in for, you know, either for storing or for transporting. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they're big. They're big, yeah. And they're just full of fancy-looking antique shit. Yeah. And, yeah, one of them is just chairs, suggesting that there is some element of organizational thinking. Right. Um, but it's just a bunch of crazy, fancy shit just yeah. piled. But, piled, again, and there's piled. nowhere to put these chairs. Like, right. Th- th- there is no purpose for these things. Right. Except for They don't he, serve except any... Except for he feels they're part of his prestigious collection. antique collection. Yes. So, Christine, let's move back indoors. Oh, okay. That's my favorite place. Yeah. And I want to meet someone from, say, Finland. Oh! Well, we just so happen to have someone from Finland. Finland, Finland, Finland. That's, that's the, the country, country for me! <clears throat> you know anyone? Yes! His name's Ari. Oh, cool. Yeah. Does he have a permanent scowl? He does. (laughs) Because I need that. I honestly, uh, the first time we saw this, up to this point, I was really hoping that Ari, who we had not really seen much, was going to be like the reasonable one (laughs) in the relationship. And I was, um, I quickly learned that that was not the case. Yes. And that scowl, man. You know what? I'm going to use this opportunity to say that resting bitch face is bullshit and it's sexist, but I think it's fine to start applying it to men. So Ari, <laughs> Especially this man. Ari has some fucking resting bitch face. See, I don't even think it's resting. I think it is an active it scowl. It does feel active. You're right. He has active Bitch scout. Yeah, because I guess when I think of Finnish R- bitch scout. No offense to the Finnish. When I think of RBF, I think of people who generally have like nice personalities. Like, are, yes. are, are it's just like that's the way their face happens to, as it says, rest. Right. So like you don't, you're not sure, right? Yes. With him, and, yeah. he is actively awful. Yes, he's an actively awful person. Yeah. Like, and you almost see him, and he doesn't talk as much as Robert, but every time he speaks, you're like, is he worse than Robert? And I think he is. Um, yeah, no, I'd agree with that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, let's get into why. So, first of all, we, uh, they start seating for dinner. Uh, so, that's why Ari's out and about, I guess. And instead of most restaurants <laughs> where you take reservations at different times... Uh, you know, so you can stagger, uh, the, uh, the way the kitchen works, right? Cause you don't want to give the chef 20 entrees to make all at the same time. That's not practical. You stagger your seating so that not everyone gets that all at once. Because even if, and I've seen people complain about, oh, well, there's an empty table there. Why can't they seat me? Well, it's <laughs> not, it's restaurants are so much bigger than you. Yeah. You have no idea how much is going on. Just because you see an empty table. <laughs> Just because you see a waiter or or server standing still for a moment mm-hmm. does not mean that there is so much more going on than you realize. So please, in your mind and your heart, 
be kind to your wait staff because there's so much more going on that you realize. So just because there's an empty table doesn't mean you automatically fill it. Robert Dean II does not understand this. So he invites all... Because <laughs> he's the customer. Because he's the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he doesn't mind, understand what customer. it's like to be the worker. Yeah, no, that's it. In his mind, he is the millionaire of this mansion, yep. and this is all just his servants. Yes. Yeah. And they're, they're just a nuisance to him. Yeah. You know, wanting to have some kind of structure put in place yeah. to, to yeah. greet people. So, and I don't know on this evening how many of these people were his friends that came in, how many people were reservations that were there. I know this is something we'll talk about in the future as well. Uh, pretty much any time they do a dinner when Gordon Ramsay is there, he always says, oh, well, because I, he didn't say it in this case, but a lot of times kitchen nightmares will say, well, word's gotten around that Gordon's in town, so of course the restaurant's <laughs> busy tonight. I think more likely they put out a call on Craigslist and say, hey, We'd really love to see people come out tonight to, for for this dinner, so they can so that Gordon can get a sense of what a full dinner would look like, and so that right. we at, at home can see it. Yes, I think that's how word gets out is they put the word out. I, I completely and, agree and try to get people to come and maybe even offer them coupons or whatever. I I don't know. I don't know. And some people have said that they. I I believe the fine prints on Kitchen Nightmares might say something to the effect of they might be paid. Sure. So. Yeah. But we don't know in what or how much or any of that. This is speculation, but again, we've seen enough Ramsey, and we'll talk about this in the future, that this is a pattern. So, yes. uh, so I don't know to what extent um, these were Robert's friends, or regular paying guests, or summoned guests. But for whatever reason, they've all been sat at the same time, which is terrible, because that means all your orders hit at once, and everybody's waiting on food. The food is way backed up. It's just terrible practice. Yeah, as I was a, a cedar slash hostess at Disney for a while. Yeah, and um, it was this. This is absolutely unthinkable. Yeah, this is this is just throwing literally everyone who works in the restaurant into disarray. It would yeah, be horrible. Yeah, anarchy. Yeah. And then we saw, like, the way the kitchen and, like, the interaction between the front of the house and the kitchen is just... There's nothing. Chaos. Yeah. Chaos. There's nothing in place to help them. Yeah. So, but but fortunately, uh, to keep the guests entertained, <laughs> we have Ari... Thank God. ...giving an art lesson. Hooray! So, he points to, I would say, kind of a strange painting. Yeah. A very romantically, historically, like, almost over-designed painting. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't know art. There's this a lot just, going on in this picture. There's a lot going on in this picture, and I don't know... And we'll talk more about... We'll talk more about the uh, the provenance of this painting later. <laughs> um, but... And it got to where and what it came from. But, uh, but you can see... And we only saw it for a second. Mm-hmm. But a couple of, like, white elephants and, like, people riding on them and a bunch of other people around it. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, oh, of course, you. everyone knows what this is. Uh, this is more German accent, but it's the only accent I've got. Yeah, we did not learn Finnish accents in accent school. So I'm just going to go German. Uh, but of course, everyone knows what this is. And and everyone's like, what? What? You, what, what? And he's like, of course, everyone has to know this. How do you not know this? And <laughs> uh, what, what this is representing. And then and everyone's just like, what? What? What are you talking about? He's like, it's Hannibal crossing the Alps and his white elephants. Of course. <laughs> It's like an actual SNL skit. Okay, so, I mean... <laughs> so, you know, this reminds me 
of something I would have said as a teenager. Like, <laughs> oh, there's this historical fact that's relatively obscure. How do you not all know that? <laughs> I was a grammar pedant, so I get it. Yeah, yeah. Like, but you grow out of that. Exactly. And this this guy's older than Robert. Like, he's Oh yeah, he's he's at, older. At least in his fifties. At least. At least early fifties, if not older. Yeah. Unless he just like went gray really early. Which like is possible considering his just considering his disposition. <laughs> uh, he could have driven himself gray. I have no idea. Yeah. So, but yeah, but it's just the height of, oh, don't you know about the Roman Empire 2,000 years ago? Yeah. That's a, for those who aren't aware, I, I believe that's like a, the the Roman Empire being invaded or something like that. I literally I don't only know. know that Hannibal and elephants are connected and there's a hill. Yeah. That's all I got. I think it's crossing the Alps. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, so like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's. It's famous, but it's I mean, the it's the height I, of arrogance. I, I don't. It's not common knowledge. Yeah, and like also, okay, you saw elephants in the painting. Yeah, we like Nick said we didn't get to see it for long. I was looking for elephants, and I like couldn't see. Them. It's very. It, it's, it's very busy visually. It, yeah, it's, it's stylistically, it's it's, it's odd. I yes. Say. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so to act like that with all your guests and be like, well, how do you not know? I can't believe not everybody knew that. Yeah, and the producers didn't make him talk like that, you know? Yeah. Like, reality is, quote, reality, but, like, there are some things that, like, you can't make that shit up. Yeah. Yeah. He was just dripping with attitude. Oh, my God. So, that's, um, yeah, so if if you were hoping that maybe he was less arrogant than than Robert Dean II... No. No. Um, just, yeah, like, I, 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 I want to keep talking about it. I don't know what else to say, but I can't. It's so upsetting. I can't move on from it mentally. It's yeah. It's like, again, I, well. Um, yeah, it was very upsetting. Like, it was very over-the-top arrogance condescension. Yes. Um, you don't... I feel like... And I've been accused of being condescending. <laughs> but this guy's condescending. Yeah, this guy, it is... He is inarguably condescending. Right? Hey, hey Terrence, how you doing? <laughs> oh my god! Sure, he's listening. Oh, totally. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> um, so, and then uh, they show Robert... Um, elsewhere, and this might not be at the same moment, but this is where they put it in editing. Uh, Robert is taking people around the hotel and showing them artwork and talking about how historical it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And again, talking about the presidents who stayed there. And that's, sure, like, that's which legit. Is totally cool. legit. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it is a historical mansion, it like does have a built in pedigree. Like, that's all real. I think another thing we'll learn from this is um, anyone can buy anything. Yeah. Like, you can take a place that has some historical bona fides and someone can buy it and ruin it. We see that a lot. We're going to see that a lot on this series specifically. It's very upsetting because it's like, why even have like this historical place if just any person off the street who has enough money yeah can and stupidity and stupidity and like hubris yeah can just buy it and ruin it i feel like they should have more rules surrounding these historic buildings to prevent you know not that 
bright, wealthy people <laughs> from, <laughs> from buying them and just basically destroying them and letting them get run down. It's right. very sad. Right. So, in the meantime, while, while Ari and Robert are giving lectures about the wonderful historical uh, qualities of their hotel, in the kitchen, everything is just complete fucking <laughs> chaos. It's a total clusterfuck. Fluster clock. Fluster clock. <laughs> um, Gordon says that the kitchen quote, ticket system is bollocks. Because, like, it's literally just the servers who are, of course, overwhelmed because they had to do all these tables at the same time are, like, just putting up tickets, which, again, are not even proper guest checks. Yeah. Like, they're, like, just pieces of paper. Right. It's so ridiculous. Um, And the staff basically has no clue how to even write the orders properly because they have not gotten um proper training because the person who trains them is robert (laughs) robert has the mind of a customer not a hospitality person the manager sarah comes in and is like we've lost 30 drinks so we've lost 30 drinks now apparently like the people are just pouring like drink orders getting made people are pouring the drinks but not adding them to any tickets so they're not getting charged for so, that's a great way to lose alcohol. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, that's... And, and, and the thing is, like, drinks should be your biggest moneymaker. Because... Absolutely. Your, your profit margin on that is really high. Because yeah. you're you're just buying a bottle and pouring it. Whereas, the profit margin on... This is my understanding. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is... Your profit margin on the food is, is shorter. You know, because it costs more to do that. But drinks should be where you're making a lot of your money. So, if you're not writing that down... You're losing so much so money, much. but again, because there's no system in place, I don't. There's no. I mean, yeah, there's no computers. There's. It's just all handwritten. So yeah, I mean, it's just the system is so messed up. It's almost seems like it's designed to lose money. <laughs> like yes. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, Gordon is back there, and he starts like looking at the dishes that are going out, and there's a burnt crab cake going out uh-huh. because again, it's you know the the kitchen's just in disarray. Uh, and then what really kind of stops everything is there's, I guess, a, a salad with foie gras on it. So maybe, maybe you can, as an appetizer, you can get crab cake or foie gras. Oh, maybe. It looks like the same type of salad, probably. Yes, like with, the same greens. Right, or just with foie gras on it. Yes, of, that makes so, sense. But, so he picks up this tiny, like, you would not be able to identify it. This tiny, like, just gross, dangly, looks like a, like a, like a, a tonsil dangling. Yeah, I mean, thing, I thought it looked like a mushroom. Okay, but it's completely... Like a very sautéed, down-cooked mushroom. Blackened. It's black, yeah. And he's like, what is this? It's foie gras. Oh my god, it's completely burnt foie gras. It's awful. uh, Chrissy, what's foie gras? So foie gras is a goose liver pâté or duck liver pâté. Yeah. Um, More popular, uh, I mean, for people that are not of means, I would say that it's much more popular in Europe than here. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had it once in Paris. Yeah. Generally considered a delicacy. Yes, definitely. Yeah. It's, yes, it is the, that caviar. Like, those are fancy things. Right. Yeah, exactly. So. So burning that is a waste of your money and everyone's time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, he, so Gordon's kind of like, you know, what's going on here? Why, you know, why is this so bad? Like, who's, who's running things back here? Because basically, uh, Gordon always wants someone to be an expediter. 
He wants someone like that's kind of receiving the food as it's being put out, checking it, making sure it's already, making sure it's correct, and then giving it to the server to take out. So that way yes. there's and this is a good system. Yeah. There's that way there's the last line of defense to make sure things are accurate and you don't have all the servers just grabbing whatever plates they want. Yes. Right. It's it's someone that keeps order. So he's like, who's doing that? And he's like, well, uh, Robert's like, well, I guess I am. And he's like, well, do it then. Because Robert was giving a tour a second ago. Right. Exactly. Um, and this one I also noticed, like, I would have, I would have thought that someone like Robert would always be wearing a sport coat. But that's if so true. Notice over his shirt, he always wears like this weird padded vest. It's very Land's End. Sure, I don't really know what that is, but sure. Yeah, um, it's a catalog. Yeah, which just screams a little more casual to me, but maybe it's a Vermont thing. I don't know. I mean, obviously it's cold there, but I, I don't know. What it really reminded me of was the uh, yuppies in Best in Show and their style. Sure. Where it's like they can wear a fancy turtleneck, but a lot of times it's like, fancy person casual which i think is what robert is doing okay i think that's fancy casual and they invest in show they talk about reading separate like lands End catalogs and separate starbucks and that's how they <laughs> so like to me that's like fancy person casual okay um but that's how i read it okay. ari also always wears a turtleneck <clears throat> yes so this is like Muffy and Winthrop from the Adventure Zone. Yes, it is Muffy and Winthrop two A T. Okay, cool. Um, so I, I just thought that was interesting uh, that I noticed. Yes, that he's not, especially for like dinner in the formal dining room. Why is he still casual? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, at this point in the evening, you think you change? Yeah, yeah. that's very strange. Um. So, um, so then, you know, Gordon's like, why aren't you fixing these things? And like, Robert's like, well, I try, I can't talk to him. And he's like, well, you know, if, and basically at this point, there's just a shouting match between Robert and Gordon, mm-hmm. um, trying to get Robert to understand how bad he is at communicating, basically. Yes. Yeah. There is a little hint of some toxic masculinity here, which I think, uh, owners often display and chefs sometimes display uh, on the show, I mean, and Kitchen Nightmares. And Gordon sometimes displays. Uh, he says, um, he yells at Robert to find his fucking balls. Yeah. So, you know, that's part of, that's a part of his, uh, ethos sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, there's just better ways to say that. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be about be a man. Right. Exactly. Especially to a gay individual. Yeah. Like, that's, true, true. that's not a great way to go about saying that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be be a man. It should be an adult. Exactly. Yes. And, um, and that's, yeah, that's something we're going to see occasionally. And we'll call it out when we see it because that's not, yeah, like we don't mind the the vulgarity of saying balls. No. We mind that you're, so what you're essentially saying is be a man. Exactly. And, um, it's 2023 and it's 2013 now, it's 2023 now. Uh, we should be past saying that to people because what you really should be saying or intimating is, is be an adult or be responsible or whatever else you're trying to communicate, communicate more directly than setting aside men as an ideal in some way. Yeah, and a certain kind of man. A certain kind of ideal. man as an ideal. Um, that's bullshit, that's awful, and that is, as you're absolutely right, toxic masculinity. Yeah, 
And Robert's not, I mean, he's an awful person on this show, but if I were Robert, I would be offended because, like, as a gay man, like, that would, I would find that particularly offensive. I had thought about that, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Robert blames the chef, uh, but Gordon defends the chef. Uh, I, oh, I, I made a note that I, you know, in that speaking truth to power vein, um, I like that Gordon often is defending the staff from tyrannical owners on these shows. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, in, in the, de- the degree to which he does that instead of encouraging them to leave, as we discussed before. Right, right. So in that vein, we have a staff meeting! Staff meeting! Um, so it just comes out again, uh, I don't remember who said it, but people were saying again, there isn't structure, there's no responsibility, no standards. Oh, I guess maybe Gordon's saying that, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 I think maybe it's the chef that says it, because then Ari's very tall, and I I don't remember who said it, but who said these things, but he's right next to them, so he looks, looks over, just next to him, like over shoulder, and straight down at them and says, I am the boss. That was a very good impression. Thank you. Yes. I'm very Finny-ish. Oh, oh, and don't forget, before he said he says this exact series of sentences at least twice on the show, where it's like, excuse me, excuse me. Yes. I am the boss. Yes. I tried. You did better. No, that was good. Thank you. Nailed it. Um, so, just so, like, again, just awful and browbeating and... Mm-hmm. Worse than Robert. At this point, I also uh, wrote down that he already has the most severe cheekbones I've ever seen. <laughs> yes, in my entire he has life. Great bone structure. It's great bone structure. But very I, angular. Is it possible <laughs> that that fifty plus years of scowling has like has like chiseled down his cheeks? To where his bones are shaped like that. Perhaps. Because it's not just a permanent scowl. It's that his face is so severely shaped. That's such a good and point. I'm, and I'm not, this is not, I'm not saying it, he looks bad. Like, I'm not, this is not, I'm not being critical of his appearance in saying it's, it's ugly or anything. I would not say that. I'm just yeah. saying his face is, has a dramatic shape to it. That's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's great bone structure. Yeah. So, yeah, but it is very severe. Yeah, so and it's and when you couple that with the scowl, I mean, it is intimidating and him yes. looking down at you and raising his voice like that. Yes. Um, I could never work for him. Oh, never in a million years. Yeah. I was absolutely shocked yeah. by this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, oh yeah, so this is when Gordon says, the police, uh, can I get paid? And this is when <laughs> Robert Dean II says, I'm sorry, I don't have a secretary, Gordon, I'm sorry. Like, okay. If you can't handle payroll, then sell the place. Yeah, why are you running a hotel? Like no one no one made you do this. Yeah. If you can't handle it or you or you can't hire someone who can since you don't have a secretary, which is what you're complaining about, then you shouldn't do it. Get the fuck out. Period. It's and so it remind me of the Michael Scott quote here. I enjoy having breakfast in bed. I like waking up to the smell of bacon, sue me. And since I don't have a butler, I have to do it myself. So, most nights before I go to bed, I will lay six strips of bacon out on my George Foreman grill. Then I go to sleep. 
when I wake up, I plug in the grill. I go back to sleep again. Then I wake up to the smell of crackling bacon. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Today I got up, I stepped onto the grill, and I clamped down on my foot. That's it. I don't see what's so hard to believe about that. That was from season two of The Office, by the way. Also, Robert says before that, which that, that line about the secretary is just one of the most... The most terrible, wonderful <laughs> lines that anyone's ever said on this show or any Gordon show. It's just insane. Um, he also justifies his making them beg for their paychecks by saying, well, I think that that's preferable to writing them a paycheck on time that's going to bounce. That's not the point. Yeah. The money should be there. Yeah, again... Like, don't run a business if you can't pay people. Hey, by the way, big billionaire CEOs out there, you shouldn't be running a business if you can't pay your millions of employees a livable wage. Yeah. Like, you are that's not how that works. Yep. To that point, you know, going forward in most of these Gordon Ramsay shows, I feel like most owners at least have the decency to not pay their purveyors and their suppliers Rather than not pay their staff, like they'll 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 have bills go delinquent before they don't pay their staff. In right. in many other cases, not all of them. Robert just like, nope, you're not getting paid. Nope. Yeah. Well, I don't want the check to bounce. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh yeah. So it sounds like between uh, among the whole staff, they're waiting between a week and a month to get their paychecks all of the time. Yeah. Always. Possibly sometimes longer. Yeah. Um, and Robert again says, they don't have to work here. He's right, again, yep. but not for the right reasons. Exactly. They should not. They should <sighs> leave him. Yeah. They should leave him to his misery. And Gordon says, how dare you? Yes. Which, thank you. Thank you, Gordon. Yeah. Uh, at one point before this, they, they talked about, again, him hiding out in the RV. And he said, well, I have to have peaceful time in order to do my work. <laughs> but, yeah, back to you, like, Gordon, like, uh, you know, talking about him. And he yeah, he said, no, like, I don't think you realize how lucky you are. You're not the great Gatsby. Oh, I totally missed that line. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, which is, yeah, like, that... That's his aspiration, yeah. right? Is to have champagne parties every night. Life of luxury. And just money everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. Like, he w- he only has the guests because he need- he doesn't have the money to, uh, to, to afford the lifestyle. Right. Wow. That is so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's and then, bringing these people down with him. And then basically the episode goes with Robert's response to that being... Excuse me. Wow, yeah. Um oh, and I believe this is when Gordon says, Go on then, you pompous fuck. Yeah. Which was so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is part one. Christine, I can't do it. I think we're gonna have to split this into two parts. I know, I know. Like, I cannot stand the arrogance <laughs> going on here. Arrogance. By Rick Martel.
I don't, yeah, I need to, like, cleanse myself. I'm going to need, like, a three-hour bath. Um, and you know what? I want, like, patchouli. I want, like, an earthy, scented thing going on so that I can get some, you know, get back into the realm of real evil <laughs> away from this snobbish nonsense. Christine's part of real America. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. <laughs> Totes, totes. So, how about this? We're going to put out this episode. You all can hear it with your ears. And then, later this week, sometime during the week, we're going to put out part two. And then we'll get back on what's going to be our regular schedule of Hell's Podcast every Friday in your in your podcatcher coming at you. Yes. Uh, by the way, I believe, just to let you know, Stitcher, if you've been using the Stitcher app, I believe it is going to not exist soon. It's going to die. It's going to die. Um, but that's a part of life, you know? Podcasts, podcatchers come and go. Yeah. Like the tides. It, it's a drop, and now it's going back to the ocean. It's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I love calling things I say beautiful. That makes me really satisfied on some level. <laughs> kind of like Ari. Yeah. He's talking about art shit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so if you listen on Stitcher, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to listen on there for very long. I think we've got less than a week. Till it stops. Yeah, very soon. But um, don't worry. We're on every other podcatcher. We will be as soon as we uh, publish this episode. So yeah. Publish the episode on Spotify. Spotify's the best. And then uh, and then distribute it elsewhere. Yeah, if you can listen on Spotify, it is, free, it is free to listen on there. But uh, that helps our numbers the most because uh, we are we use the podcasts, podcasts. Podcast. The podcast by Spotify service. So if you go to the source, it helps us. But anywhere you listen is great. We love it. Um, And uh, do you want to throw out some socials out there? Hell yeah. Yeah. So we got Hell's Podcast. Uh, You can find us on Instagram at Hell's Podcast. You can find us on TikTok at Hell's Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Hell's Podcast. And... uh, yeah. And Power Team Studios for the brand in general. Check out Power Team Studios. We just came out with a new unboxing video for Club Banca. Mm-hmm. If you have kids who like to watch unboxing videos. Or if you're just an adult toy enthusiast like me. Yeah. So Club Banca, C-L-U-B space B-A-N-C-A. That's our daughter Banca. And she put out an awesome um, unboxing video today that's already on YouTube. So check that out. It's really adorable. And you get to see some uh, Barbies maybe you haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, we have Crumb Shoes, the Crime Scene Kitchen podcast. Uh, that's now been in production for several months. We've just finished going over season two of the show. Uh, we have some interviews coming up and uh, more interviews in the future. We'll cover season one of that in the future. And then next week we'll be debuting uh, the Power Team Trivia podcast. So uh, come come join us and um, we're excited to see you. Uh, and how do we, we have to end this show differently. Oh, how are we going to end this show? Oh, I know. That's all for this week. So if you don't listen next week, you're going to go to hell! This has been a Power Team Studios production.